Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. If you're a writer and you're listening to this right now and you're not going to submit a story to our current open submission call for the other stories podcast then we're just going to have to get out a magic flute and summon a dragon zord to come and steal your sandwiches i'm dead serious don't make me get that flute out it's really heavy Go to theotherstories.net forward slash submissions for more details and you can submit a story to the themes of time travel, alternative realities, space, post-apocalypse, mythology and doppelgangers. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. Just know I've got the flute. It's in my pocket. Just in case. Today's episode of The Other Stories is Swift Bear and Laxon, The Meat Field. Written by Richard Reynolds and narrated by Persephone Rose. They called him Swift Bear. His own people turned their back on him on account of his being some sort of freak of nature. Faster than any horse and the strongest some bitch I ever seen. Prone to visions of his heathen bear god, putting him on track of unnatural abominations meaning nothing but harm. I'm Mark Laxon, previous a no-good cur, but seeking redemption, I'd partnered with Swift Bear to roam the land and hunt creatures from Satan's own asshole. This here story is from our early association. 
We'd already killed us a couple of bad bastards, but nothing could have prepared us for this. A vision told Bear to head north, so north we headed, into the cold in our usual style. Bear running and me riding my mighty stallion, Thunder. After three days of hard riding in silence, I was close to losing my mind. So I'd started regaling him with some of my more interesting anecdotes. Before I started killing monsters and devils and such, strangest I ever threw down was Dandy Joe, I yelled. Some asshole prone to taking liberties at cards. One time I called him out for cheating, and meek as he was, expected him to fold like clothes. But the some bitch stood, put his hand down his britches, and looked me in the eye as he forced out a turd. Bear stopped running, so I halted Thunder. Then he done pointed that turd at me and told me to make my move. Being a man's limitations, that there was the kind of plum crazy I won't mess with, lessen I wind up eating shit. I done forfeited that game. Bear was looking sort of revulsed. What? That's entertaining. Bear cut in. You talk too much. Look. Listen. Smell. I took a deep breath. Something was off. What is that? Smells kind of like a filthy cooch or something. Death, Bear says, and pointed up. No birds. No sound but wind. Then he was off again, fast than ever, and soon enough we gets to a town named Purity. That rancid stink was stronger hereabouts. Purity seemed to be a ghost town, but Bear, he could hear better than Mosey, so he didn't have no trouble finding the people. He tried the doors of the little chapel, but found them locked, so he done yanked them open. Whereupon the twenty or so folks inside screamed like all hell, looking half mad with fright. Whoa, I called out. We're here to help, maybe. This here's Swift Bear, and I'm Laxon. And dealing with evil business is our purview. So y'alls need to tell us where all the people's at. We're all that's left, mister, someone hollered. Close the doors, it's coming back, shouted another. Ain't no doors keeping it out. An old boy picked up. We're goners. All right, I shouted over the clamor. Calm your high-strung asses down. One at a time. The preacher stepped forward, scared as a rest. It's the devil himself, sir. He brings the death of all life. Christ alive, I interrupted, a mite frustrated. Can someone just tell us the facts of the thing? Finally, a lady stepped from the huddle and started talking sense. Things have been strange for a while. First the animals went. Hunters were coming home talking about how the woods and prairies was hunted out. Big game, little critters gone. Then maybe a month ago, word came down that Lago, town up north, had cleared out. 
everyone gone without a word. Then the same thing happened in Salvation, west of here. And they ain't no rinky-dink towns, the old boy chomped in. They was big towns with lots of folks. We're all spearmen towns. The mining concern? I questions. That's a big outfit, ain't it? Hundreds of miners? Thousands, the old boy corrected. And every camp empty. No more miners. No more business. And then there was that smell, the lady says. Then all the livestock from the farms disappeared. Then finally, a few days back, it showed up in town. The devil, the preacher crowed. Some sort of beast, the lady continued. Like nothing I can describe, but it's twice as big as any man, and it can fly. Snatches, folks, the old boy added. Flies out. Then, a while later, comes back for more. Ceaseless. And the ones that try and run, the preacher says hysterical like. He gets them first and boom! The side of the fucking chapel exploded, and that beast stepped in bold as shit. The lady weren't fooling. I ain't never seen its like. Tall, with two powerful three-jointed legs. It didn't have no arms, but a bunch of grabbers snaking out from its body and two huge folded wings on its back. No face neither, its whole head buckering inward like some sort of giant asshole. The people scrambled and screamed, but Swift had already drawn his trusty bone knives and was on the beast in a flash, barring its way and cutting at them grappers. He wasn't having it, though. Its puckered asshole face blossomed open, and it screeched a screech that hit you direct in the mind. Then the bitch bucked, kicking bear clear across the chapel. I pulled out my dragoons, but them panicking folk kept getting up in my line of fire. Tough to believe, big as it was, it moved faster than bear, snatching up five or six folks in its grabbers and headed out, its legs driving like pistons. The extra weight, nothing to it as it hit a sprint. Bear was up and giving chase as I mounted thunder. Seemed like he might have caught him too, but the beast leapt high, and its wings unfolded to an almighty span, beating hard and carrying it aloft even faster than it had been on foot. Bear didn't stop, though, and by now I was riding thunder flat out. We weren't gonna let this ugly buttfuck get away, no sir. After a while of hard riding, it pulled ahead and out of sight, but it was traveling as a crow flies, so we held our direction and powered forward. The longer we rode, the worse that fetid smell got. It was all I could do not to quit and lose my lunch. Maybe two hours into the chase, Bear spotted something strange on the horizon, jagged heels that curved round into the distance. But you could tell they weren't natural. When Bear could make out what they was, it stopped him dead in his tracks, a look on his face that would loosen your bowels. Then he was off before I could say a word. We were near on top of him before recognition hit him. This hill, and all the ones that rolled off into the distance, was piles of bone, skin, pelts, 
and all kinds of awful. God damn, boy, I said, as I tied a rag round my face to hold the stink back some. This thing I have never dreamed of, Bear said, seeming kind of scared. We fight creatures and men taken by dark spirits. This thing, I think, is not of our world. Well, it don't matter what it is, friend. It needs stopping. And then, for the first time in our association, I took the lead. Bear close on my heels as we skirted round the hills of bones. What we found on the other side was worse. It were meat piled so high and wide and stretching into the far distance like a damn cornfield. Putrefying, stinking, goddamn meat. And at the top of the nearest rise was the beast. Them folk it took was long dead. We could only see but one of them left. The beast was focused on its work. It stripped off the poor fella's skin like it weren't even attached. Then it pulled all the meat from the bones, careful like. It took the waste to the bone hills before returning to its fresh meat. It arranged it just so while the bladder filled on the back of its head. Then its asshole face opened and spewed out thick muck that looked to be fusing the new meat to the rest, maybe preserving it some too. I seen about all I could take, and fool I am, pulled and shot, but only grazed his wing. It stood on its tall meat heap and screeched something awful. Bear took out his knives, but the beast didn't make a move. It started to slough off its own skin, which suddenly seemed ill-fitting. Its grabbers, legs, then back. All the skin came off the wings entirely. Then the some bitch just laid down, still for a second. Then a burst of thick muck geysered from the asshole mouth, covering itself and binding it to its meaty collection, leaving it deathly still. Well, shit, I finally said. Guess it finished its work? I sure do feel bad we couldn't save them folks. Bear shook his head. Grave as a weeping Johnson. He knew there was more coming, and worse. It didn't take long to happen, neither. And slow as I am sometimes, took me a while to understand what was happening. That vast, reeking meat field was moving. Damn my eyes if it weren't lifting up. A tidal wave of putridness rising to the sky, leaving a blood sludge swamp where it laid. Huge segments pulled away from its side and pushed themselves groundward, and that's when I knew. They was fucking arms. The beast made itself a giant homunculus, and it was bracing itself to stand up, slowly getting its disgusted, festering legs under itself, rising up higher and higher. I've been to cities out east and seen me some tall buildings, but they was midgets next to this thing. And Christ, all that movement released a worse stink, wave of which pulled me out of my slack-jaw stupefaction. I yanked down my mask to vomit like a champ. 
Then I took Bear out of his own stupefaction. What the bastard shit does it want, Bear? And how the goddamn hell are we supposed to fight it? It wants death and devastation, said Bear, then stopped to think. You shoot the beast's head. Don't miss this time. The beast, I says. The beast's at the top. I can't make that shot, you ignorant heathen. We're in no time for arguing, though. The giant took its first step, testing its balance. When the bulk of its leg crashed down to the ground, the earth quaked something fierce, and the looser bits of meat showered down. Me and Bear and Thunder raced off to get a better vantage, whereupon I took my rifle from Thunder's side, located the beast way up in that mess of meat, and fired. Best shot I ever did make got it square in its asshole face for all the good it done. The homunculus lifted its enormous leg and we ran like hell, just knowing it was fixing to stomp us to mush. It missed us, but the impact sent out shock waves that caused them bone hills to spill on down. Ah, Jesus, Bear! I shouted over the crashing. What now? The beast spirit is the giant spirit now. We must kill the spirit. And how do you propose we do that, huh? You distract it. I climb. I had more questions and objections, but Bear was already running at its leg. He jumped up and plunged his knives into the gray meat, using them as climbing instruments, making his way up one stab at a time. That giant didn't like it none, and stamped its leg again. Bear held fast and got out of the way. It was about time I did my part. Getting thunder some ways in front of it, I emptied my rifle into the beast up top. It tried swinging a kick at me, but missed. Only by a prick hair, mind you. Bear was making good time, nearly halfway up already climbing like a gecko despite the meat being slick with thickened blood and rot slime. I circled Thunder back, pulled my colts, and slowly emptied them into the beast's husk too, near getting stomped three more times. Next I seen, Bear was at the top, cutting away chunks of the beast, then at the meat behind it. The bitch was tunneling in, pushing himself into that flesh, I could barely imagine how grim it was in there, a gag just watching him. The homunculus must have knew the score, cause it was flailing wild. Until it weren't. It stopped dead, then started to topple backwards and Bear come out of the tunnel holding something. As the giant fell back, Bear was running and skidding down it, dragging a blade behind to control his descent. He jumped clear as it crashed down, sending out a hail of fleshy debris and a deafening wet thud. He hit the ground running, and I was close behind as an avalanche of meat barreled towards us, aiming to bury us deep in its foulness. We didn't stop till we was far away. Took a time before I could take my eyes from the vast ruination. But when I did, I got a good look at what Baird pulled from the giant. It looked like a maggot, 
but was hand-sized and had thousands of wispy strands hanging from it. Stink of death gonna be on these lands for a lifetime is my estimation, I remarked. What is that thing anyways? This is the beast's spirit, Bear answered. Spirit from a bad place. These are our enemies. They turn men to creatures and creatures to monsters, here and on other worlds. Shit, son, I said. Sometimes I can't hardly understand you. That thing ain't no spirit. Come on, let's get you back to yon town. Ain't no sunbitch alive in more powerful need of a bath. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Swift, Bear and Laxon, The Meat Field, written by Richard Reynolds, narrated by Persephone Rose, edited by Carl Hughes, music by Dark Fantasy Studio and Tom Robson. And sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Richard Reynolds is the owner and operator of Ground Zero Comics, a small shop in Mansfield, England, but he writes, draws and produces his own comics whenever he gets the chance. Persephone Rose plans to live long enough with the help of cybernetic augmentations to travel to the stars and make extraterrestrial friends. When she isn't performing satanic ritual, she scrapes by as a writer and voice actor of things that are not always for the faint of heart. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. T-shirts and mugs and posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.